and welcome to Tape Ops Discussion, where we call our friends and music community notables to chat about their favorite records. Enjoy. It's good to see you. Nice to see your face. Oh, man. Thank you. And it is great to see your face, too. This is crazy. All right. Let's do it. Let's jump into this. Okay. Let's do it. Awesome. Okay. We're gonna we the record we're gonna talk about is a very very recent record. Well, it's coming out very recently uh, by Buck Meek mm-hmm. called Two Saviors. But I think this was recorded in 2019. Am I correct? Do you know? It might have been recorded even at the end of 18. Okay, I'm not totally sure. Um, I was I got it, you know, as soon as it was mixed, pretty much. So I've been just like madly in love with it for um uh, like a year longer than than most people <laughs> exactly and i was wondering why you got an advanced copy and i looked at who plays on this record and our dear friend adam brisbane is uh, one of the well along with buck one of the guitarists on this who we worked with together mm-hmm. on wine dark sea your your fantastic album thank you i met Buck independently of Adam, Mm -hmm. but they grew up in the same area, so they knew each other. And and uh, Buck's brother Dylan Meek is one of the greatest keyboard piano players I've ever seen in my entire life. He's just like super meta level. Um, And Adam Adam knew the both of them. They were like you know this kind of infamous like pair of shredder dudes <laughs> and the, oh, i mean that in the best the best way yeah and they that's all they're from the Wimberley area right hill country texas yeah yeah mm-hmm. when you got a hold of this record um what did you think of it what was your first impression of it um it just goes down really really easy like it's just um like if you can if you can turn your technical mind off, you know, it's it's just the very first note is like, oh, this is delicious. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like very beautifully whole. And and that that feeling throughout is like um it, to me it feels like reading a book of poetry or something. There's just like so many really cool repeated images all throughout. Innocence is a light beam, you're doing your thing with your arm at your window of highway night when it's too much to handle Burn me a candle If you don't have a candle Let me burn on your mind the song I... You know, the sound of it's really cool. It really, 
it's funny because when you this record had popped up on my radar accidentally, like on a mm. on a title playlist of just recommended by things I liked, right? And one of his songs, cool. one of his songs came up before we talked about discussing this, and I, Jenna and I were sitting there, and we both went, "What? What's this?" And and then I told her like that's the record Jolie wants to talk about. She goes, "That makes sense. Like it 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 grabs you, you know." I'm so glad. Yeah, I to me, I just love it so much, and it it's been a funny process just watching it hit the world, and I'm like it. It kind of feels, um, like I don't I don't know like how it's gonna hit other people, but I'm really happy to see people are responding really well to it I got to go see the band play um January 2020 mm-hmm. and it was the whole crew it was um Twain was opening and Twain is uh singing all the backup and um he plays bass and and pedal steel and um yeah, Twain is just has this incredible, like very liquid voice. Like, I mean, it kind of like mirrors a pedal steel in in mm. so many ways. Like, just really great sense of structure and harmony and tone. Um, and then, like, he's just such a perfect backup singer for Buck. Like, and he does this thing. I'm I'm really picky about backup singers. Um and I I just a great backup singer adds so much to a group. Like he does this thing where it almost feels like he's not singing notes on the piano. He's singing like literal harmonies of some of the no- like resonances mm-hmm. of some of the notes, which is mm. you have to yeah. you have to have such a like masterful grasp of your own inner compass <laughs> and music in general to be able to do that because right. you can't you nobody teaches you that that's something that you have to feel So that's incredibly remarkable. So watching the show was so beautiful. And I was just crammed at the front of the stage. And it was a very sweaty scene, even though it was January. And there were all of these badass friends of mine were like right behind me. Like some of my favorite players in town were just right there. Um, Steven Van Betten, who's one of my favorite guitar players in town, was right there and when Adam started playing I know Adam my brother Adam on stage mm-hmm. so I just like turn around and I just watched Steven's face for Adam's solo oh yeah <laughs> it was so so wonderful and oh, it was yeah. just so great like seeing the like like nuclear structure altered <laughs> you know it was so beautiful he I mean, took an ex- yeah. extremely ballsy solo live that was like, um, like almost like a little bit more out than the record. <laughs> no, 
I can totally believe that having hung out with him and watched what he does. I mean, I think yeah. there's there's something to be said there. And it's it's kind of what, what was going on with the Wine Dark Sea album, too, of getting really inspired and stellar musicians and seeing how far they could go with, with the songs, mm-hmm. with the core material. It feels like yeah. a very similar, I mean, totally different results, different sounding records, but... But but the same kind of idea that you see how these people bring, what they bring to the table. Yeah. And it's really interesting seeing how, for me, how Buck, uh, sorry, how Buck and Dylan play Mm -hmm. together because like Dylan is kind of like jazz R&B shredder Mm -hmm. and, um, and Buck obviously has this more kind of like, you know, roots and and rock background that comes through right and there's only really one i mean it's just really interesting to see like somebody who's like a pure master like he's just shreds to the 11th degree um like he's dylan is like james booker territory 100 percent, so good and it's so interesting to see like how he plays within his brother's music like there's no soloing basically right except for one one song two moons the eyes behind eyes behind you rise behind eyes behind her eyes I know them from before maybe night skies golden maybe desert doors do I read that the record was recorded like first takes only in a house in New Orleans. And yeah, that was my friend Stacy Hoover's house. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah. So I met Stacy Hoover um, the night that I met Lou Reed. I met <laughs> Lou Reed at a party at Stacy Hoover's house. Um, and it was it was so cool. There were so many beautiful players there, and all these people played just a little song. It was just a little Christmas party. Wow. Um, Lori was there, um, and then uh, Stacy has a house in New Orleans, um, and it's just so grand. It's just like it has you know you could throw the most incredible dance party <laughs> in her living room yeah some of those houses are so, huge huge down there with the real high ceilings because of the heat in you know yeah a different world such a perfect perfect design we need to go back to that kind of design yeah no kidding and and i so know they, uh, the, oh yeah go ahead so they woke up in the morning and they they did an entire set and they ended at 1 p.m and then they had then they had a one to 
one, excuse me, from one to six, they broke and just ran around New Orleans, <laughs> did whatever they wanted. Then they came back to Stacy's beautiful house, had dinner, and then they did another set in the evening and they did this for nine days. Wow. So the same songs got repeated, but it wasn't like play that song over and over like we typically seem to end up doing in the studio. Not just that, but nobody was allowed to listen to anything. Oh, so you wouldn't be able to kind of qualify like, oh, we have to get a better version of such and such. There was zero neuroses allowed. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. I, that sounds kind of refreshing, doesn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like Adam said it was the funnest record he's ever made in his entire life. Because it's, it's all about playing. It's like doing gigs or something. You just let it go. Yeah. yeah, it's like being on tour. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I know uh, the engineer, producer, mixer was Andrew Sarlo as well, who's worked on a lot of the Big Thief records and we had in the magazine uh, a little while back. And, awesome. Yeah, he's their guy. Yeah. So everybody had dynamic mics. Yeah. Um, all the vocals are live. And Sarlo apparently compressed a lot of the tracks through lo-fi junkie pedals <laughs> oh fun like room mics even yeah 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 you hear some grindy some some sort of scratchy things when they get loud you know what i mean like things kind of growl and make noises anything actually anything Who picked the best takes? Did Andrew or did Buck? I don't know, but I assume they did it together. Yeah, that'd be the thing, wouldn't it? Because then you'd be sitting here going, okay, we got how many takes? Seven days, 14 takes of uh, of this song, right? Yeah, 14 uh, I mean, of, maybe, of each song. Maybe a couple were eliminated. But uh, yeah, you'd be like sitting there trying to go through all those would be would be terrifying yeah it's like being at the optometrist a, a a or b like it's just so it's so hard to tell like which one is better i mean you know it's a, even just comping a vocal can be like well they're different i cannot imagine listening to this many songs and trying to sort them out well they have such a deep relationship i i yeah. haven't i haven't talked to buck about that part of how they made the record but it just sounds so fun. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, first of all, to like take a bunch of musicians to this, you know, beautiful place where they're going to yeah. be so happy on their on their in their minutes off, their hours a day off. Right. I mean, New Orleans is such a special cultural space for, place for music. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is there any kind of inspiration you've taken from this record, like writing wise or sonically or anything? process wise i tried to cover second sight like as soon uh -huh. as i heard it i was trying to cover it but the, is he actually his the way that he plays the guitar is almost like non-chordal and like um like nearly random so it's it's like extremely difficult to play that part 
Um, it's, it's almost like if I was going to cover it, I would have to like rewrite parts. I love this record. Go down to Logan Town, look up Ruby Bates. Don't call the police. They won't help none. Two tons of turtle doves from out of state. Just tell her I sent you for the discount rate. My man with a moving fan, looking for a job to do. Thanks for listening. Discussion is created by Tape Op, the creative music recording magazine. Free subscriptions are available at tapeop.com, along with our regular podcast and online content.